You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world, according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge, all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, but I am not Josh Chernoff. I am Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, yeah, you're, this is weird. Uh <laughs> <laughs> we can acknowledge it right off the bat, right? This is a little weird. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's like I'm cheating on somebody. I feel like I'm cheating on Josh, but... Uh, hey, he knows about it, so we're all good, man. I think we're fine. He set me up as new stepdad. I'm your new stepdad, and just get used to it. Um, I'm here. I promise I'll give you candy. Everything will be fine. So you're so. My, so technically, I guess you're my hall pass, so... Uh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, hey, that works. I'm the Blue Meanies Hall Pass. I'm going to put that in my bio line on Twitter. Yeah. So, I'm, <laughs> yeah, so I don't, think, I don't think that'll help your resume that much, but... Uh, Dang. Eh, can't, can't help, can't hurt. It's just like right yeah. in the middle of the road, just like flatlined. It should be fine. I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll help somebody somewhere. So, uh, Blue Meanie, thank you so much for having me uh, today, sir. Yeah, I am... Uh, I'm excited to be here. Um, I am the wish.com version of Josh Sharnoff. Um, hashtag not Josh. So, uh, Slickter, Slickter, I want you to listen. I have a great idea for a T-shirt right off the bat. So yeah. you just let me know when you want when you want to talk about it. Uh, just a black and white photo of my face, and then a hashtag not Josh above it. So hopefully it'll be go. available at uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash mine on the meanie. So meanie, like a big stamp, like it was just stamped <laughs> on your forehead, not Josh. <laughs> Like all of my report cards fail. Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. You sir. So what's going I'm good, man. Just uh, a little bit warm. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I kind of miss the days when uh, heat waves were like a week and not yeah. like the entire summer. You know, it's but uh, <laughs> doing all right. Uh, you know, uh, before Thank I came you. on, you know, I you know, went and got some uh, Manscaped and gave the boys a little spritz and I go. got my coffee. I got my water. I got my uh, cold brew. I'm properly hydrated, and, uh, and that's I'm, that's important to be right now, man. Especially during the heat wave, you got to stay hydrated. It's dude, the only way, dude. It's insane. It's just like you know. The other day, I was just feeling so achy, and uh, Mrs. Me turns to me like, "You probably should be drinking some water." I was like, "Oh, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense." So uh, <laughs> always leave it to the wife to uh, you know you know bring up the good points and you know make me. Uh, I, I'm like the Al Bundy, you know, just like, yeah. Yep. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, doing good. Doing, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, you know, d- you know, uh, Josh's schedule is getting a little bit crazy and, uh, not for me to, you know, tell somebody, Hey man, don't take this opportunity. 
Uh, yeah. So he's doing some cool stuff. Uh, I was going to have you say, uh, Josh, sure enough, on assignment, like every other uh, like <laughs> six o'clock news, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Chernoff on assignment out in uh, Ethiopia today. Josh, can you hear us? <laughs> I like. I have to use that like buttery radio voice. Uh, yes, this it. is this is new. Um, and your dad, your old dad, used to let you cuss. So fuck it, just let it let it fly whenever you want to. <laughs> I'm fine with it. So whatever you want to do. Uh, so I uh, thank you so much, Meanie. Like I said, I really appreciate this opportunity, and everybody who's watching and listening right now. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, this is uh, really quite amazing. Um, I've been a big Blue Mini fan for a long time. Obviously, I'm, I'm from Philadelphia, so I'm an ECW guy through and through. So uh, this is awesome. This is just this is wild. So and what's up? I, I, uh, I dig that uh, snazzy little CKY uh, t-shirt. You got hey, there. yeah, the guys from CKY. Shout out to uh, Jess and Chad and the rest of the guys. They're uh, they're friends boys. of mine. They're wonderful, wonderful guys. Well, not, Did not, you get not, a- not really Philly boys, but I mean they're they're basically Philly. Close yeah. enough, I would say. Yeah, I mean, New West Hope Chester's. and Westchester, they're yeah. close enough. <laughs> did you um? Did you get to see um, CKY with Guns N' Roses, or was that I don't? Do you, did you ever hear that story from Jess? No, but I'm uh, I'm all ears. <laughs> so they were. I'll have to have Jess tell you sometime. But they were uh, open. They were uh, selected to open for Guns N' Roses when they did their like original. I don't remember which tour it was. It was right. like oh three or oh four, and Axl Rose, I guess, had selected them. Um, and they like Axel no showed the concert that was one the, night, uh, and that, that was at the Wells Fargo Center. Yes, he no showed. Apparently, from the rumor and innuendo, is that he was in New Hope partying with a bunch of people at I don't know if it was John and Peters or a bunch of bars. Like he was just like bar hopping, and just went off the beaten path. And he, I, they were out there. The people started rioting. They were stuck in their tour bus for like twelve hours. Yeah. It was crazy. They're telling me they're like shaking the bus. People are screaming, throwing stuff. It's just it was crazy. Yeah. But he said Axl Rose was a pretty cool guy. He said he just wasn't wasn't too thrilled about the fact that you know they couldn't get out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the tour bus. Well, dude, I just saw Guns N' Roses uh, two weeks ago. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, How were they? That was excellent. Um, yeah, and the, I guess the best concerts are the ones you weren't planning to going to because. Uh, I got a buddy who works for the band, and he was like, hey, want to come to open the night? I was like, absolutely. Yeah, and plus, you know, I'm a big, you know, diehard Van Halen fan. And, right. And, um, you know, Eddie's son's opened up with the Mammoth WVH, and that album was amazing. I can't, uh, yeah. I can't praise it enough. You know, it's it's a really good rock record, and it's a... Uh, you know, there's certain bands that go into rotation. Like, there's a lot of new bands I'm not really, really, really into. But, like, mm-hmm. there's certain bands, if they come around or if they're putting out an album, I'll be there to buy it. You know, uh, you know, you know, it was Van Halen, Pearl Jam, uh, Slayer, Foo Fighters, Black Crows. Uh, but now with Wolfie's band, Mammoth WVH, I'm all on board. That whole album is amazing. And the fact that, you know, he played every instrument, sang... And uh, all that good stuff, but the the band he put around him is amazing too. So like they're doing all these songs live with the uh, the, the new members, and the background vocals hit perfectly. Everything hits perfectly, and uh, and then you know Guns N' Roses comes on, and you know is amazing. Uh, I don't know if you, have you been to, yeah. have you been to the Hershey Park Stadium. Uh, I'm trying to think. I haven't. I don't know if I was at the Hershey Park Stadium. I have to, 
have to go back and double check. I'm, I was probably there at some point. I don't remember if I've ever seen a concert there. Typically, yeah. I'm an electric factory kind of guy. Um, I saw Springsteen. The only thing, only like variation to that or like the tweeter center. Um, I was at Springsteen. Uh, the second show they ever played at the link. So my uncle Alan got tickets through his work. Nice. And so it was me and my family and my uncle Alan, my aunt Debbie and uncle Alex just standing there. We're at, we're at there. They have a deli in Philly called Josie's her family and we're getting food. And he goes, Hey, who wants to sit with me? And I was like, oh, sure, I'll do it. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> and I end up, I end up sitting like three or four rows from the stage at the link, which was just like, insane yeah you know max weinberg and like the big man was still around it was like all yeah. little stevie it was just like i mean an, an experience like that it was 2002 so I, I think i was still in high school i was like holy shit this is insane like but that's typically to get back to where what your question was uh typically i'm an electric factory guy oh i'm totally an electric factory guy um but like this this was my first time at hershey park stadium uh yeah i, I had wrestled at the arena but i've never been to the stadium and uh it was really cool just to be in a stadium that's that stadium is such a throwback. And uh, when, when we walked up to it, the closest it's, it's like a miniature version of the L.A. Coliseum, like kinda, oh, okay, kind of that like wide open stadium. Uh, you know, you could just de- definitely tell it's from another era. And uh, yeah, you know, one of the cool thing is, you know, me and you are diehard Eagles fans, you know, go birds, <laughs> uh, go birds. But uh, always we, and forever. Yeah, I went to see the Eagles and uh, play the Rams in L.A. at the uh, game Carson tore his knee. Oh wow! But we were in, dude. Not only did I want to go this just to see the Eagles in California, I wanted yeah. to say I saw a game at the L.A. Coliseum. So, oh man, that must have been awesome. Yeah, so that then, must have been amazing. Yeah, so then I go to Hershey. I'm standing around. I was like, man, this just looks like the LA Coliseum and I'm a I'm a sucker for like historical venues and stuff like that so I was like oh, check that one off the bucket list <laughs> that's amazing man yeah. I I was just in LA for I was a, I'm a photographer outside of work out of my you know my nine to five and I had to shoot a wedding out there in La Jolla and that's one of my things is I want to be able to go and do something at the Coliseum but you know if you've never been to La Jolla Cove I'm telling you you all got to go and see it uh James Sorensen Sorensen level hashtag Sorensen level uh, my favorite bands. Uh, so I'm actually a, um, I'm a hip hop guy. So I love Run the Jewels. Nice. Um, I love Wu Tang Clan. You know, like a lot of the classic stuff. Big Pun is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Yeah. Obviously, home the homies. CKY is one of my favorite bands. Uh, if you've never listened to if you've never listened to Carver City before, you should you absolutely should just stop after you listen to the show, obviously, and go go listen to that record. I was around when they did a lot of the recording of that album, and it's just, it's really special. Yeah. Um, I love the Foo Fighters. Uh, I've seen them a handful of times. Um, obviously, Springsteen, uh, I'm a big Beatles guy. So I pretty much like anything except for, like, I'm not real big on country music, and I'm not big on, like, EDM. Uh, you know, the, the, the pounding. It's like that pounding dance music, like when you're at a club, you know, like, I like it's just to not move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Move it, move it. Move I'm it. good, man. I'm good with all of that shit. Leave yeah. it at the fucking club where it belongs. But uh, Travis, yeah, you should definitely go and see Springsteen when he comes back around. Um, I think they're torn again. Unfortunately, you're, you're going to miss a little bit of that magic now that the big man's gone. But it's still I think Clarence's son is playing with them now. Right. He does the sax on on the live shows. Would I'm 90 percent sure of that. That's kind of like uh, Jason Bonham when he fills in for uh, Zeppelin here and there, you know, just uh, John Bonham's son. So, yeah, it's it, and you know, I was going to say, about, him, you know, that's perfect, you know. And, you know, when we were talking about um, Wolfgang, I heard his record on um, 
uh, I think it was on what serious channel was that? It wasn't Turbo, but maybe it was another one. And I was, or no, it was MMR. I was in Philadelphia and I was listening on MMR. Yeah. And it was, I was like, holy shit, this kid is good. You know, I think people tend to shit on those guys a lot, like the kids of the rec, of the musicians, because, right. oh, it, you know, it's, it's Eddie's kid and, you know, this, that, and the other. It's, it's, you know, he stands on his own, man. I thought it was fucking incredible. Well, <laughs> if you ever uh, followed him on Twitter, you know, he's definitely his own man because. Uh, Wolfie can cut a promo. Um, yes, he can. The, yes, he can. The other night, well, you know, you, you know, you're like people shit on, you know, the, the kids of rock stars and, um, somebody was saying something about him, you know, uh, being as, you know, using his last name to his advantage. And he's like, you know what? Hey, my last name might've opened the door, but it's my hard work. They got me through the door. You know, Guns N' Roses can let me go anytime, you know, but it's up to me to stay on, you know, work hard and stay on this tour. And then he finished it off with telling the guy to eat his entire ass. <laughs> Which, um, I giggled. I giggled like an infant who found his dick for the first time. It was amazing. It was, I read that and I laughed so hard. To the point where the next day I found myself erupting in laughter at like the, you know, giggling at like the most inopportune times where people are like, what's so funny? I was like, <laughs> you want to understand. Uh, that is incredible. Yeah. But Wolfie, man, he, yeah, he, um, and the cool thing is like, you know, he, he's, he's not doing, you know, he's, he's, he's his own man, you know? And yeah, the, the, the closest thing to it is, you know, the band's called Mammoth WVH, which. Mammoth was the original name for Van Halen before they called them before they changed their name. They, oh, that's they, awesome! They were uh, Mammoth, and <laughs> for a, a short <laughs> period of time, they called themselves Genesis. And then they uh, went to a music store, and they're like, "Oh, there's another Genesis." Uh, and then uh, it was David Lee Roth who was just like, "Look, dude, you got the coolest last name ever, Van Halen." You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, that sounds. I mean, it just sounds badass. Or right as it rolls off your tongue, why would you be anything else? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, Wolfie's amazing. He's got amazing musicians. Uh, you said you're a big hip-hop guy, which reminds me, uh, and you said Big Pun. I met Big Pun at, like, WrestleMania 15. Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? Yeah, he was at, uh, he was at... Oh, that's right. He was at WrestleMania. They show him in the crowd with his big chain. What was he like? That's amazing. He was there with all his kids, and he was, like, the most relaxed, most chill dude. Just, uh... This is like right in the infancy of like cell phones and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I don't know if it, no, if it was during the course of WrestleMania or maybe after WrestleMania. And uh, I went to one of the locker rooms. I came out of the locker room. He's there. And I went over, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, blew me. And, you know, I met his kids and all that stuff. And, like, he got like a – somebody called and, like, one of his buddies had just died or got shot or something like that so that was kind of like a heavy situation i was like yep. yeah i just did the peter griffin slowly back out i was like yeah <laughs> i don't want to you know yeah i don't want to interrupt this moment here so but uh, nice to meet you and bye <laughs> you know <laughs> sorry about your friend i'm, I'm leaving now I'm, I'm heading out of here yeah bye. um I uh, I just my favorite thing about uh, hip hop. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm always into the lyrical component of it. Like yeah. some of the more recent stuff, I, I I find myself having a hard time getting into. But 
I mean, nobody, nobody could rhyme like big pun. Yeah. Absolutely not. That dude could take sentences and word like it just some of that shit is just incredible. But that is so cool that you got to actually like interface with him. I don't know. I haven't met too many people who who can say that. Yeah, it's just I like hip hop, too. I, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like a 90s guy. Um, yeah, what do you well, what do you listen to? Well, you know, in this we're we're a biggie house. Uh, and this is Meanie, uh, huge into Biggie. And, yeah, uh, I always liked Biggie too, but she really brought me around. She was buying the the you know the, the albums, and we anytime we go on a road trip, you know, Mrs. Meanie's in the in charge of the uh, road trip mix. So, there you go. Yeah, there you so, go. So, so she, you know, heavy on the the Biggie and stuff like that. But uh, you know what? When it comes to music, it's all about the mood or the rhythm, yeah. the melody, and you know. Van Halen, like I said, Van Halen's my biggest, you know, my my number one fan, my my number one band. And people are like, oh, you like Sammy, you like Dave. I'm like, well, to me, it was always about Eddie. And, yeah. you know, I, sometimes <laughs> I'll listen to the words and sometimes I'll just listen to the music. It's got to be about the music and the mood and the, the tone. And the, and the same with hip hop. You know, if there's a good, yeah. you know, drum or bass, I'm, I'm anything I just nod my head to, and, you know, just like. Mm-hmm. Slowly nod my head to, you know, or do a, a slight meanie dance, you know. <laughs> shout get out a to, little bit. You do a, do a little bit, not much, just enough to get the the mood changed. I appreciate that. Shout, I can appreciate that. Shout out to DJ Cool who did my ECW theme. Well, he didn't do it for me, but the, right. uh Let me clear my throat by DJ Cool, which yeah, you know, uh, was you know the I, when, when I was in ECW, I was like, man, you know, Stevie had gone to WCW. And me and over on our own, and we're like trying to find our own identity. I was like, and I went over to Randy, the sound guy. I was like, I'm a big fan of the Ed Lover music. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yo, I know exactly what you're talking about. Stuff like that. So I was like, dude, can you find that song and that I could use that? And he's like, dude, I even got one better. There's a guy, DJ Cool. You know, just uh, trust me on this one. All right. I said, all right. Yeah. And uh, he played it, and uh, dude, my like, I would wow. go to the ring, and it just gave me such a jolt of energy. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's funny about amazing that, man, I gotta give a shout out to uh, my friends from South Fellini here in South Philly. Uh, they have a podcast, Legends of Philly, and they just did a whole episode on this song because it was recorded in Philly yeah there, there's like, yes it was there's like four different versions but the best one, known one was recorded in philly yeah and it, it's kind of cool because like i'm doing the ring entrance and they're shouting out philly in the music and stuff like that but there's like a part where he it like it pauses and he goes you know this is how if you got you know real hair real nails and all this i was like can we just trim that section out and make it go right <laughs> back into the song because like when you're trying to get the crowd hyped up and he takes a break and you're like, yeah. like uh, and you're waiting for the music <laughs> yeah. to kick back in. So he, he trimmed that up and that just became my theme. You know, uh, oh, that's awesome, man. My first solo theme. Well, not my first solo theme. I like, cause like, uh, we went to ECW and, uh, we were, you know, I was with Stevie and like me and Stevie would come out and me, then me, eventually me and Stevie Nova would come out to Raven's theme and Raven would be like, right. Raven's like, uh, eh. uh, can you uh, maybe come up with your own music? You know, because you know, 
I'm, we're coming out to his theme, and then later on he comes out to his theme. The pop kind of is his. yeah, it doesn't doesn't hit as hard as it usually does. Yeah, it's like uh, Big Daddy. You know, we used this we used the surprise. You know, when they wasted this, the big surprise on you. Yeah, yeah, we wasted the big surprise on you. <laughs> so uh, you know, we eventually had to find music, and you know, we start coming out to uh, something from Snoop Dogg's protégés, the Dog Pound, called "What Would You yeah. Do," which is a really good hip hop song to come out to too. But then eventually, you know, when Stevie left, I was like, hey, we got to find our own identity and found, you know, that song through uh, DJ, you know, sound guy Randy, who was also a DJ and had his own home studio and can mix stuff and all that stuff. So, and shout out to Randy, because like when uh, New Jack would do his entrance, he was mixing natu- natural born killers on the fly. Like, wow. You know how like, you know, the, the song would go and go and go. And yeah. Go. He would be there with the fucking headphone and listen to a certain playing and then kick and over would, to a new track, then rewind the other track. And then when that one, we hit the same thing. Boom. And wow. Then, yeah. So he, you know, he mixed that on the fly. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, my hip hop knowledge. Meanie's hip hop knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, everybody. Have a great day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, I um, I was just going to I was going to mention something about New Jack because I remember, yeah. you know, obviously watching EZW. I can't even remember. So my grandparents lived in here's some uh, here's some more useless Philly knowledge. Uh, my grandparents lived in a tiny town in Delaware County called Prospect Park. Oh, I know. And yeah. we were it's right there. On, they lived right on 17th Avenue, right on the train tracks. Yep. And we that was the only place that we could get ECW. So on the really? weekends, a lot of times in the summer, we would go to my grandparents place just to watch ECW. And. It was, I don't know, maybe one o'clock at night, whatever time the local station played it. Man, I'm telling you, all me and my brothers, Matt and Dave, we would fucking pop when that music would start with New Jack, man. Because, you know, I'm a Dr. Dre fan. And, you know, we had that we had that whole record, you know, the Natural Born Killers. Yeah. That shit would hit, man. And we fucking, ah, this is amazing. You know? Like, I thought it was unbelievable how they were able to, to, before I had any working knowledge of like how that kind of thing works with the, with the DJ tables or anything. But, man, that shit was that was classic. I mean, it's just like when when I think one of the top things that I think about when I think about ECW is uh, is is incredible. Uh, Travis, yes, that will be the the episode uh, name is is Meanie's hip hop knowledge. Um, you know, in in parentheses, you're not Josh. So yeah, yeah, write it down. Uh, yeah, write it down so we don't yeah, forget. There, writing it down. The power that'll be pen. my. Is that a pen or is that a pencil? <laughs> it is actually a pen. Um, oh, okay. It's purple. Okay. Uh, it's one of it purple's my favorite color mm, so purple. i have like purple everything um yeah but that's uh that's so uh, now we, i want to go back to something real fast before sure. we start talking you know wrestling but um we're talking about classic stadiums and i don't i don't know how many people here are from the philadelphia area who are listening right now but um the vet i'd love to know <laughs> what what is meanie's best vet story and then i'll tell you mine cuz everybody who's listening obviously wants to hear my fucking voice but I'd like to know what yours is. Well, the vet is uh, still beloved here in Philadelphia, even though it was a complete dump. Um, <laughs> my story about Veterans Stadium, a.k.a. the vet, uh, might not be as entertaining, but, I mean, well, it would be definitely interesting. And then my first time at a National Wrestling Alliance show, NWA, Crocodile show, was Grand American Bash '86 at the Vet. So, wow! You know, the first time I got to see an actual real life NWA show. I'd seen AWA up until that point, but I'd never seen and been to an actual NWA Crockett promotion show. And that was at Vet Stadium. And uh, the main event, which 
you can find on uh, Daily Motion or YouTube, Ric Flair versus Road Warrior Hawk. And then we, we were all we also had night one of Magnum TA versus Nikita Koloff, best of seven series for the U.S. title. Wow! Because uh, you know, uh, yeah, Magnum got stripped of the belt or something like that, so they did the best of seven series. We were Philly was night number one. You know, uh, met Tony Schiavone that night. As wow, a, that's cool. I got a photo somewhere, not <laughs> with him, but of him. Yeah, and, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, there's a wrestling magazine out there somewhere, Wrestling All Stars something, and there's like a photo of I want to say Jimmy Garvin and Precious standing in the corner, and you can see clearly down this pathway, you see a little blue meanie with uh, a red ball cap like walking by, and uh, <laughs> and it's a it's a Red Road Warriors ball cap that I bought at the AWA show like a month before that or something like that. But oh, that's amazing. As far as Vet Stadium, that was you know my 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 first you know. Uh, you know, time at the vet. You know, I, I'd gone there for, you know, Phillies games and stuff. I never saw an Eagles game there, unfortunately. But, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, my, my story at the vet is very mundane compared to what I'm sure the folklore that's come out of that stadium. I was just going to say that. And, and uh, Abel's eight. Yes, the vet was our dump for sure. Yes. Um, if you've never been to the vet, the, the best way that I can give you an experience, like there's two parts of this, right? Like go, just go into a bowling alley and smell the bathroom. That's pretty much what it smelled like everywhere. Right. But they used to have these big, I don't know if I mean, you probably remember this. They had these big troughs that you would just like piss in for like, it was just these gigantic oh, yeah. fucking concrete troughs. It was the most disgusting thing in the entire or, world. It was horrific. And you're like, what or, the fuck do I do now? You or, know, or people but, just used to sink. Yeah, they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, or they, up, if you were up in the seven hundred level, you you could just they would just piss in the stands. But the, the, the I, seven uh, the seven 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 hundred level at stadium was the third stage of hell. It absolutely was. Yeah, it, like without question, that place was a was an uh, experience in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, but meaning my my story actually involves J D Drew. Do you recall that name? He was the uh, baseball player who refused to come to Philly. I think he went to Boston. He went to uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. Oh, okay. Same, so same he, color, it's the same colorish scheme. Yeah, same, 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 same color palette. He, Absolutely. He, he told Philly, "Don't draft me. I'm not coming." Mm-hmm. And the Philly had so, the right, you know, it was in line to, to draft him, you know, straight up. And he's like, "Don't draft me." And he, so Philly obviously holds a grudge about everything. We we booed Santa oh, um, but yeah. rightfully so. That prick was 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 something else that day. So I was at the first game that JD Drew ever played in Philadelphia. Oh. We just so happened again. My dad took us. It was me and my brothers. Nice. Um, I think we were sitting like five or six hundred level, but we were sitting facing. I want to say on the first baseline there, like right all the way in the back, like all the way up and in the back. Yeah, and. Uh, the shit just started getting crazy like right away and all of a sudden they started throwing stuff like i don't know if it was beer bottles at first or just trash general trash yeah so they're looking up and they're like hey guys knock it the hell off and then all of a sudden this cardboard sign comes down into the stadium and right into the outfield and then next thing you know people are like whoa 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 and you see these little tiny like bespeckled things flying into the state like into the stadium while they're Mm -hmm. playing and it's d batteries oh yeah and the guys ran out of the field 
they the the guy whoever the announcer is over there it's not not callous but whoever does like the you know the announcing of the players came oh overboard God, and he was like this needs talk about too i know who you're talking about i can't think i can't recall his name off the top of my head but he's been there probably since the, the beginning of time Phillies. <laughs> yeah <laughs> mickey morandini yeah. i can literally hear that in my sleep yeah so uh he went over and he, he went over on the crowd and he was just like listen you know you guys got to cut the shit or you know the the phillies are going to forfeit the game and the cardinals are going to win and the place went fucking ballistic like you thought it was bad before i'm yeah. probably i don't know maybe like 14 this and my dad's amazing. like listen we got to get the fuck out of here right now and we left we you know he was afraid like somebody was going to get killed but um that was the like you could almost feel it i think that was like the weirdest thing for me is like feeling that energy inside of the stadium when something goes crazy dan baker is his name thank you very much a bales eight i appreciate you looking that i'm up. dan baker um, yeah. <laughs> uh he was uh it was crazy crazy scary so uh that is my that's my vet story but i mean every i mean you could you could walk up the street and, and talk to anybody in philly and have a vet story if they don't tell you to fuck off <laughs> well but. My, my favorite uh i'm i mean you've heard all the stories but uh, uh and somebody just put this up on youtube which is amazing uh you know everybody knows they blew up the vet and, yeah uh, and uh i went down to uh to watch but uh, Channel Six had a uh, a live feed, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and they're doing all the reports and stuff. And uh, they had a uh, bull, uh, what's his name, uh, Bulls Barbecue. Uh, Greg Luzinski was there. Oh, okay, the okay, was there, and they were going to hit the plunger. So they hit the plunger, and the vet stadium's coming down, boom, 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 as it comes down, clear as day. You hear somebody on Channel Six News go, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> no delay, no dump, nothing, nah, nothing, nah, just fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the most most Philly, most amazing thing. It's like you would have thought the guy was screaming directly into the mic. You know, just, wow, just, <laughs> that's crazy, man. That is unbelievable. I love it. I love everything about that. But I'm, I, such, uh, I'm such a sap for you know, places like the vet and the, the yeah. spectrum. Uh, oh, man, the spectrum. Holy shit, man. I got, I got a couple of bricks from the spectrum. Uh, Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous, man. I love that. That my uncle Rick was like my favorite person in the entire world, and he used to take us to the the uh, Flyers games. He had season tickets mm-hmm. every year from the time, like I think the time I was born up until like the late '90s. Yeah. And we would go. He would take us. One of us, you know, he it was me and my brothers and a bunch of cousins and stuff, and he would rotate us out. And yeah. those are some of my like absolute favorite memories uh, Dude, for me and a kid. Talk about you know, and that's why a lot of you know a lot of Philly teams. And ECW, for that matter, you know, people go, oh, the ECW crowd. Well, the ECW crowd was the same people who were going to the vet and going to the yeah. spectrum. <laughs> yeah. You know, before ECW had a sign guy, the Flyers had their sign guy. You know, the, the most, yeah. one of the most famous photos from the spectrum is when the uh, Flyers were playing the uh, Soviet team in hockey. And the guy's holding up signs saying, tell it to the czar, you know. And, <laughs> but, like, the, there's so many stories of opposing teams. They're bus pulling into the yeah. spectrum, and they just feel the rumble of the building. Yeah, and you know, you know, yeah, Seattle having their twelfth man is cute, or whatever you want to call it, the twelfth man. That's cute. You never yeah. been in the you know the the, the Philadelphia Spectrum during, during a hot Flyers rivalry game. You know, <laughs> the, the best thing about I, that Russian game is this. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll get we'll, we'll move on, but uh, yeah, I, sorry I, for all the Philly talk, friends. No, 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 but. 
I mean, the Eagles, Flyers, it's just as much ECW as anything. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the only time the NHL around the world cheered for Philadelphia, the Broad Street Bullies, is when they played Russia, right? And <laughs> normally, the <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers were the heels wherever the fuck they went, right? Yeah. But they played that Russian team, and they just beat the shit out of them, right? To the point where the Russians walked off the fucking ice. They're like, nah, we're out, whatever. So they, uh, everybody goes to the back, and they kind of confer, and Ed Snyder, the owner of the Spectrum and the Flyers, says they want to get paid. They'll get back on that fucking ice. Whoa. And the Russians understood money. <laughs> so they went back yeah. on, the, on the ice and just... Continue to get their, you know, their asses whipped. But uh, holy shit, man! That, that's folklore that just endears me to Philadelphia. I mean, damn, just the, the passion. And let me get back to your Santa Claus bit. <laughs> I got him started now, guys. No, you know the real story behind that, right? Yeah, he was like a drunken fool or something, wasn't he? Like he was acting up and well, talking no, no, shit no, to the no, kids. No, 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 no. There's more to that. More to that. Oh, jeez. So this is fitting because you know Eagles play tomorrow night. Uh, a little inside yep. baseball. We're recording on a Wednesday, the night before the Eagles against Pittsburgh. Um, but and I have to put this out in the public record because if I don't, I'm not doing my role as a Philadelphia sports fan. The reason why the Philadelphia Eagles fans booed santa is because that year they absolutely sucked right and that year in the draft the philadelphia eagles had a chance to get oj simpson they had to get whoa so it's like right around the last game of the year right around christmas time the eagles had to lose one more game to move up in the draft to get oj simpson against the cincinnati Bengals. And they start winning. So the crowd is livid. Like, all right, you're going to put us through this. Let's at least get it over with and get OJ, right? Right, right, yeah. They turn around and start winning that game. So at halftime, and I know this story because ESPN interviewed the, the kid who was the Santa. The original Santa no-showed. He, he didn't even show up, you know? So they're like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do at halftime? So they're like looking around. I see this fucking skinny kid in a, a Santa suit, like a dollar store Santa. They're like, hey, you want to come out? So not only are the Eagles winning a game they need to lose, not only are they going to lose O.J. Simpson in the draft to Buffalo, but they roll out this dollar store Santa, a, sk- a skinny Santa. <laughs> so and it, they they said he was a little bit sauced up anyway, but you know just they're like boo, and you know just start you know booing him and you know probably pelt him with some uh, with some uh, snowballs. I, I'm not saying, well, no, the snowballs right. was the Cowboys game. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying the Eagles fans are innocent, but in that instance, they had a, a justifiable gripe. <laughs> I yeah, so I didn't know that. I mean, hindsight obviously being twenty twenty, I'm I'm sure we we definitely made out not having OJ, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's crazy. I did not know that that was that was actually the case. I had no idea that and, there was additional more to that story. Knowledge. That's my useless knowledge. That I and that's make. what we do here, friends at Mind of the Meanie. That's yes. what we do. Sure. So let's um let's let's talk about uh, anything else you want. To, uh, so we hit our our sports. Um, we hit our music, <laughs> music, uh, making, I'm hitting notes from Josh, um, right here in my notepad. I'm just hitting every, every spot that I need to go. Uh, any, anything movie wise, anything we need to talk about there? Oh, dude, I'm, I am, I am just, 
I am a documentary junkie. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Did you did you watch um did you watch McMillions while you were in quarantine with the yes, rest of us? I watched that. that. A- I just watched a really good one called The Sparks Brothers. Okay. It's about one of the best bands in the world that nobody's ever heard of called Sparks. The band called Sparks, two brothers. Um huh. Uh, they started out, they're out of California, but if you listen to them, you're like, oh, that's bands from England, right? But uh, the, the story is, that, you know, they, they two two brothers started out, you know, one was a keyboard player, one was a singer, and the guy had like this, you know, almost kind of like a Freddie Mercury vibe, but, you know, they weren't catching on in the States, so like most bands, they went over to the UK, became a huge hit, and then... Uh, they talk about how they've been around for 40 years and one of the most beloved, respected bands by not only musicians, but actors, everybody. And like the, the, the interview is like the who's who, like Steve Jones, you know, the guitar player, Steve Jones wow. from the Sex wow. Pistols is in it. Uh, Patton Oswalt's in it. Beck's in it. Uh, all these heavy hitters in the music industry looked up to this band and like nobody's really heard of them. And until I watched... Until I saw, you know, Mrs. Meany showed me the trailer. Until I saw the trailer and watched the documentary, I wasn't sure if I was watching a Spinal Tap movie. Really? Because all these people were praising them, but I've never heard them. But when I heard them, I was like, I need to get their music. Oh, that's and it's it's Sparks, spelled S-P-A-R-K-S. Yeah. And uh, the reason why they're called Sparks is uh, the one brother had a uh, Groucho Marx mustache. (laughs) <laughs> and, they were, and they were you know big into the marx brothers movies and they were going to call themselves the marx uh, something about something with marx in it they're like no i can't do that can't how do about that. okay so how about the sparks brothers that's close enough nah well, we'll just call you sparks and nice uh, yeah it's just amazing like how they're it's a lot of keyboard and stuff like that but like they're like when they showed them around the 80s you know, like Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's is doing duets with them. People are, like, guesting on their albums. Franz Ferdinand did an album with them. And wow. stuff like that. Like, all these. And they're, like, playing stadiums overseas. And it's amazing. Wow. And, it's, I, it's, and it's, I've never even heard of them. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you who they are. It's a, There's another documentary like that called uh, Looking for Sh- Sugar Man or something like that. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name right offhand, but, like, he's, like, the guy had a uh, was a singer in the '60s out of Detroit. Okay, had my, mild success, and then it's kind of faded away. And like, there's became this urban legend about him. But all while this is going on, he becomes like this biggest superstar in South Africa. Like they start playing his a- albums in South Africa. So these people spend all this time looking for a guy who, that they think is dead. Wow! And they find this guy. Uh, and they bring him down to South Africa, and he's playing stadiums and arenas, and it's like he's like this the, the greatest. Uh, now I got to look it up. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if uh, anybody is on the feed here, go ahead. Also, what up, Sean Jones? Thanks for joining us what today. What up, Sean? Sean's the man, man. We got a lot of great comments in here. Yeah, Sean's fantastic. I love Sean. If you're into music, he's the man to uh, to talk to. Talk to yo, yeah. Sean. Holler at your boy on Twitter at this is Goober. Let's uh, let's let's chop it up, dude. Um. What else? Let me see. I miss anything. Uh, James Sorensen, hashtag Sorensen level. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I just as a cheap plug for myself while Mimi's looking this up. Um, I recently my my home base is called Foundation Radio. It's my podcast. Uh, my most recent episode features Diamond Dallas Page. 
Uh, it was an incredible interview. Uh, it was unbelievable. The guy was at just as amazing as you think he would be. Um, I'd love for you to check it out. It's at foundationradio.net. Um, I've had Eric Bischoff on, Bill Goldberg, uh, Asher Roth's been on my show. Um, it's a little bit of something for everybody, but recently it's become more pro wrestling. So definitely check it out, um, foundationradio.net. But I really appreciate that feedback, Josh. Thank you so much. Yeah, Did you find man. it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's called uh, Searching for Sugar Man. Came out in 2012. And uh, the, the, the guy was just going by Rodriguez, but his name's Sixto Rodriguez. And he it was just like this acoustic, folky-type music. And he had mild success here, kind of disappeared, and there was like all these urban legends that he got shot and killed and this wow. and that and the other thing. And they had these animations of how he supposedly died all these different times. And But, you know, there's this record company in uh, South Africa and they're they're playing his music over and over, and they f- search him out. And, they, and he, when they reached out, they reach out to him. He's like, "Is you know in wrestling we we would go? Is this a rib?" And they're like, "No, yeah, no, trust me." And they they show him flying over there, wow. and the people are just go ape shit for him. It's amazing. It's like one of those so it's like a feel good moment, you know, where this guy thought yeah. all this all these years this guy thought he was like a failure, you know, yeah, not knowing on another side of the world he's being worshipped like a god. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, man. S- searching for Sugar Man and Sparks. The Sparks and Brothers. Sparks. The Sparks yep. Brothers, yeah. Some great uh, great recommendations for uh, from Meanie. <laughs> Meanie, uh, while we're talking about recommendations, though, and searching for Sugar Man, um, I guess we should just jump right into wrestling. Um, I don't know if you heard today, but CM Punk was on a podcast. I think it's oh. called Sunday Night Main Event. Okay. Uh, I just saw the tweet earlier, and the host flat out asked him, if he was going to be at AEW in the next couple of weeks, uh, I guess it's at the United Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was joking around saying he had a premiere of Heels. He had to be that. That was in the <laughs> Chicago area. And, you know, kind of like, like, you know, little ha-ha thing. So I'd like to ask you. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have addressed this yet or not. I apologize. But oh. I'd like to ask you on the level of heat, on the range of like, you know, the salmon that's frozen in my freezer to Jim Cornette at ECW. What level of heat do you think that Tony Khan and AEW will experience if CM Punk is not at this event at in Chicago? Uh, at this point, they pretty much have to deliver him, right? Yeah, <laughs> they got to, right? Right. What do you what do you do if you don't? I mean, they've they, they've teased it with, you know, you know, using the best of the world line. Uh, you know, and and the fact that they're running a second show in the Chicago market within a couple of weeks, which to me, it, and to me, it's almost kind of like you know, to me that's suicide. You know, running the same area within a couple of weeks. So you know, Chicago, no less. You know, the Chicago area to me, I think, you know, that's a good way to kill a town. But now you got the United Center sold out on the hopes that CM Punk, the hometown boy. That he jokes, you know, CM stands for Chicago made. But, uh, yeah, they, they permit, if they do not, if CM Punk does not appear at that show, I don't know how they kind of re- recover from that. If, if that happens, I, do I think it's going to happen? I think it's going to happen but because who would risk running with the story and teasing it and, like, like saying, you know, you know, they're doing interviews saying you know the best in the world and all this stuff and man that that would that that's some big time fucking heat if he does not yeah. show up you know it, it's 
I, me, I, it's I, like, I, I get the whole card subject to change, but you know, that's a big fucking, that's a big fucking card subject to change though, man. Like that would be, that's, I think if it was Daniel Bryan and they were advertising it this hard for Daniel Bryan and he didn't show up, I would think, eh, okay, that's different. But like CM Punk is this legendary guy, right? he's got almost like a, like a specific aura around him. Yeah. I, uh, Oh, okay. Thank you. And Travis says, Punk said, I assume the best in the world meant Daniel Bryan. So yeah, I everybody a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't see how they recover from this either. If he doesn't show, I mean, like, that's yeah. a big problem, man, especially but, at this point, because they're leaning into it hard too. unless this is just a big troll job to Vince, which I think this uh, is just, that would be like, you know, he, I don't know. He, I don't know shit. I don't work in a promotion. So he, I don't, I'm he, just a guy who watches it. That's the wrong kind of troll job. You don't want to. Risk burning your fan base just to you know stick it to Vince. There's way other yeah. ways they could stick it to Vince, uh, and <laughs> you, you'll never know that they stuck it to Vince because Vince won't sell it publicly. You know, right, right. Vince is a very proud man. He will be like, ha, ha, you know, and whatever. But uh, yeah, they they pretty much have to deliver. They have to. They, there's there's no way man there's no i think again like i like i, I think you and josh had kind of te- uh, talked about this the other day I, I just i don't i don't see a way out of it for him if he doesn't show and i i'm you know they, they've they've I'm, they've gone and put all their chips pushed their all their chips forward on this show and is it for the new show they're, they're doing i think it's for rampage yeah if i recall correctly somebody in the chat box can correct me but i i believe that's what the united center is for is for like i don't know if it's the first episode or something that has to do with rampage i believe that's why they got the united center which again look i i've i've been back and forth on aew i love the idea of it um and i've been public on my own show about it um i i i enjoy the idea of competition yeah um, I think there are elements that are missing for me just as a fan, but there are also elements that are missing for me in WWE right now. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. It's inevitable. But, uh, but I think to like to compare Daniel Bryan and CM Punk entering AEW into uh, the same realm as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and WCW reaches like that should be reserved for getting yourself off a mountain if you're fucking falling and then trying to grab your phone at 1230 at night when it's ringing and you forgot to turn the ringer off All right. anything else. Like that's just a bridge too far for me. I there that, that, that you have to look at it contextually. You have to look at it in the timeline. And you also have to understand, too, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, someone being in the business, it's changed dramatically in the past 25 years. Twitter has opened and exploded the doors for everybody to be a part of the world now. It's not like you can't hide it like you used to anymore. People literally, we as kids watching the show, we literally thought Razor Ramon and Diesel were in WCW to destroy it. Yeah, you everybody knows now it's not it's there's no secret like Punk's been out of wrestling for almost uh, seven, six, seven years. Uh, It's not. I don't know. I just, I don't see how that comparison makes sense. And I'd like your take on that since this is the mind of the meanie. What do you, what's your thought on the comparison in Brian Danielson to the outsiders? And, uh, you know, Punk's last match was in Philly. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> Philly represent. Um, That's right. Yeah. You, you nail, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there was a difference when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash showed up. People thought Razor Ramon and Diesel were showing up so much that even the boys in the locker room at WCW weren't sure so much that there was actually lawsuits where WWE sued WCW, where they forced WCW to come out and say, 
do you work for WWE? And at the Great American Bash that year, they're like, no, we don't work there, okay? Please stop suing us. So, uh, yeah, that's... I'll say this much, that, uh, you know, it, it's it's special. You know, it's, it's cool. It's going to be cool to see, you know, because Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, has been, you know, been around, but, you know, he was, he was around on the national stage as Daniel... Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan, but not never this big as Brian Danielson, and to be the American Dragon, Brian Danielson on this big of a stage, so people get, you know, and WWE kind of work a certain style, but like back in the uh, territory days, if you went to Memphis, you worked this way. If you went to Mid South, you worked a certain way. If you went up to Portland, you worked a certain way. If you went to New York, you kind of worked a certain way. WWE, you kind of work a certain way. So now that he's not in WWE, he he could kind of bring back that style of, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, Dan, yeah. you know Brian Danielson, or New Japan Brian Danielson, which is going to be intriguing. Now you can come over to CM Punk. It's going to be special because he's he hasn't wrestled in seven years, except for maybe one run and uh, he mysteriously did under a hood on an indie show somewhere in the Midwest and gave somebody the GTS. Yeah, but uh. You know, who was that masked man? Um, <laughs> we don't know. Who could this be? But officially, yeah, CM Punk has not been on a show since Royal Rumble here in Philly. So, yeah. The, and he's been on TV. He did the, uh, the the after show on Fox, but that's way different. You know? Yeah. That's not actually like in ring competition. Yeah. And uh, you could do so much fantasy booking. You know, you know, oh, big time. The moment Cult of Personality hits. They Man, I, can I put this out in the into the wrestling? My friend, this is your, uh, into this the, is your well, this show. This is my show. But if show. somebody could put this out into the wrestling universe, when Cult of Personality hits and CM Punk comes out, please mute the announcers and just let the crowd just just mic the crowd and don't say a word. Let the moment marinate on camera in front of that audience uh, in front of the world there's nothing that's going to be need that's going to be have to have to be said you know in that moment cherish it you know because it's it's going to be special it's spe- yeah mean, i mean on a much lesser note i debuted for wwe and in, in philly in my hometown but here's a guy who hasn't wrestled in seven years, debuting in his hometown at the United Center in front of a sold-out building that people bought tickets just on the, the hopes that he'll be there. So right. when that song hits, please, announcers, just just let it happen. Just please let it happen. Excal- Excalibur, JR, Tony, please. Well, I think they're going to have different word. announcers for Rampage. Which is, oh, you're right. Is it Mark Henry that's going to be I involved in that, know. I think? I don't know. That's why I just said announcers. Oh. I didn't want to look stupid. That's for me to do here. That's for me to look stupid here, Manny, I promise. No, but yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think what they did with uh, John Cena's return at Money in the Bank, I thought how Pat McAfee and, and Michael Cole let that, like they almost were like fans. Yeah. It was, I, I don't know people give Michael Cole a lot of shit. I, you know, I enjoy his stuff. Uh, for the most part, uh, I know that there are forces that are sort of beyond his control that are sort of, you know, making things happen while he's talking. But that the way that they just let that moment build yes. and take off when Cena came. I mean, that is the textbook. That's exactly how they should do it for CM Punk. Um, I don't think they're going to get a pop 
like they will for CM Punk with Daniel Bryan. I don't think they'll get it with Bray Wyatt if that's where he ends up landing with AEW. I think this is going to be one of those where were you when moments that happens later on, uh, you know, in in the the nomenclature. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of speaking of where were you when moments, um, I would love to know how crazy since I mentioned it a minute ago before we started talking about this, when Cornette did show up in ECW. Did the place almost fucking burn? Was it law that got more heat than Cornette? Like what was happening in the stands when that happened? Dude. Cause that to me watching it on TV was like, holy shit. Jim Cornette is here. Yeah. Like, you know, cause you know, cause we're watching it as fans. You're watching WWF and you're watching ECW and you know, Jerry Lawler's talking all this shit and then the lights <laughs> go down and fucking Cornette pops up and you're like, what the fuck? So what was that like? It was the culmination of so many different things because, um, dude, I, uh, Wade Keller from The Torch called me the Forrest Gump of Wrestling because I got to be at so many cool different things. Like, we just passed the anniversary of Jericho debuting in Chicago, and, you know, I tweeted out that, you know, I, I was watching that live in the building, you know, and the building shook. You get, wow. You feel it. You feel the pity patter on the bottoms and the soles of your feet, you know, because the building's just rumbling so, and alive with energy yeah yeah so with the the cornet thing the month prior jerry lawler had done they done the lights out lights on jerry lawler right and then something happened and then the, the following month it was lights off lights on again with lawler and then lights off lights on again and there's cornet and the crowd just went absolutely apeshit uh and the cool thing is that, like, I, I got to witness the, 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 the whole act of Cornette walking into the build, both him and Lawler walking into the building moments before they're supposed to just run out to the ring. Like, they weren't in the, they weren't hanging in the locker room before. Just Oh, wow. They, they just walked in from the outside, got, went to the gorilla position. Their, their cue came up. Somebody walked them to the ring. They got in the ring and did what they had to do. So, wow. it was amazing. Wow. There, there's so a, I, there was a quick, ahead, you know, hey, Meanie, hey, Jim, hey, Jerry, hey, Meanie. You know, there's a quick one of those, you know, as they're leaving the building because, you know, the crap. <laughs> get the fuck out of there. Yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out of Dodge, you know, but. Uh, that is crazy. And that's, that's what I love about the wrestling business, you know, just moments like that. Dude, I swear to God, I, I know it will never happen, but it should. You know, imagine if Cornette showed up in AEW. Oh, with, my God. With uh, I was just going to say that, man. With, with FTR, I, you know. Oh my God, dude. I, uh, I would love to see Cornette show up in AEW. Cause I know they've been kind of like, you know, ribbing him a little bit on, yeah. on air, uh, with, uh, uh, not what's the guy's name. They power bomb. If somebody in the chat has been, it, it, you guys are fucking amazing. By the way, you are yes. literally helping me keep this squad. show that the pod squad y'all are just fucking amazing. So I just want to say thank you for this. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like Cornette, that would be another huge pop because i still feel like he's got equity as a character and as a personality i think if there were to something like that would happen but but there's real life heat yes that's the difference and 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 in the wrestling business we say heat puts meat in the seats yeah it doesn't matter if you hate each other in real life it doesn't matter if you have a twitter war if you can do business and make money that's the most important part Heat mm-hmm. puts meat in the seat, and Cornette has so much heat with that audience that if he showed up with FTR, the the, the roof oh, would blow off the building. You know, even if it's dude. give it one shot, two shots, whatever. 
and just yeah. let them let them you know do it or you know figure it out you know just make it work man just get past the personal stuff and just do business you know fuck it man do the ecw shut the lights off turn it back on like get yeah. it just make a big pop but i don't know i just i i love those those moments in like wrestling history that just sort of like appear um corn that cornet lawler stuff was just absolutely incredible yeah. uh sean jones actually corrected me uh or to help this out here rather um uh, rampage is going to be commentated by mark henry taz chris jericho and Excalibur. Travis, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to give you the high five. Um, four guys is absolutely too many on yeah. commentary. Yeah. Two max. Yeah. Two max here. I would say if you want to go back old school, do it Taz and JR. Um, I I don't really know how I feel about Excalibur. I'm not a huge fan, uh, at least from what I've heard. I'd rather just hear Tony and, and JR. I, yeah. That's just me. I'm sure he's a great guy. Look, I'm not shitting on anybody. I just, right. I, 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 you know, um, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but uh, yeah, four guys is absolutely too many for me. Absolutely. What do you What do you think? Oh, it's way too many. Uh, it reminds me of uh, I forget what the movie was. Uh, <laughs> I think it was the Naked Gun movie where they're doing go up to the they're at the baseball game and they go up to the booth and it's like they go down the list of announcers and it's like twelve <laughs> people there and it ends with uh, I don't want to say Doctor Ruth. It was just. <laughs> It was one of those personal help. It's like this most ridiculous line of uh, announcers, ladies and gentlemen, the announcers in the booth, and da 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 da, and it's, it keeps going and going and going and going. That's eventually, oh, that's, you know, how how it's going to be, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's way too many. You know, it, it's, I mean, three and th- three people getting trying to get a word in is hard enough. Yeah, but a fourth. Unless is is it like a two hour show and then maybe they do two and two, you know, two for oh, first, first hour, two for the second. It's possible. Maybe they're they, swapping out because didn't they do that for Raw where they they had the announcers for the first hour then when they went to the war zone, you know, after yeah, the, they I think so. I think you're right. I think it was Jr. and and Lawler for like hour two or maybe reverse that. But I think I recall a similar situation with that yeah. um, at yeah, some yeah, point yeah. during, during that era. Um, so a couple of questions here before we get into hashtag ask meaning sure. uh, Sean Jones and Anthony uh, Camerata uh, both have differentiating opinions on Jim Cornette. Uh, Sean says if Cornette popped up on AEW, I would change the channel. Anthony says if Cornette showed up on AEW, he may stab someone. <laughs> uh, so I know there's a lot of feelings about Jim Cornette as an individual look, and I, I, you know, Look, I, I I get it. Jim Cornette is a, a very polarizing person. Personally, I like Jim. I've known Jim since the early 90s, uh, just as a fan. Uh, I, I just told a story on uh, social media the other day. Uh, Al Snow was in the NWA World Title Tournament. Oh, I was putting over... It was, it was the anniversary of the passing of my good friend, Dennis Corluzzo, who was... The de facto president of the NWA. He wasn't really, but he kept, he was he was the gatekeeper for the NWA in the nineties. You know, he put the belt on Severn and Severn wore the NWA belt in the UFC pay per views. Wow. Dennis Corluzo was in his corner. He Dennis helped did a lot to keep the NWA visible. And uh, you know, after Shane threw down the belt, they had another tournament and they uh, crowned Chris, Chris Candido. But uh, that show was like kind of like a, a glorified Smoky Mountain show because a bunch of the boys came up and stuff like that. So after, I, I went to the show with Al Snow and Phyllis Lee. Uh, I was training with Al. He was in the tournament. Phyllis Lee, 
a den mother to a lot of the wrestlers. Uh, she helped me get in the business. She helped Sean Waltman. She's helped Raven. Uh, and she did a lot for MMA, too. Uh, she was like the a den mother for a lot of the MMA in the early UFC years and stuff like that, making sure some of the boys got paid. So we uh, we went to the tournament. After the show, there was a, a local place called Ribbits. You know, they were, they sold, and the, the logo was a frog, but they sold ribs, you know? Yeah. So I'm at a table with, you know, it's, talk about being in a fucking, you know, being in paradise as a, as a, you know, aspiring young pro wrestler. I'm at a table with Jerry Lawler, Al Snow, Phyllis Lee, Jim Cornette. Wow. And, uh, you know, it just, it was, it was such a cool moment. And there was, <laughs> was a moment where, you know, Cornette's not a drinker. I mean, uh, Lawler's not a drinker. I don't think Cornette is either, but. Jerry Lawler gets gets this big drink. It looks like a yeah. milkshake, or some kind of sort of thing. And he's drinking it. It's got all his foam. He goes, "Oh, finish my drink. Time for spitballs." So <laughs> Jerry Lawler takes like his straw wrapper and he starts making up spitballs and he's like shooting spitballs at Dennis Corluzzo. <laughs> right? He, he would go and turn around. We all act, had to act like he just didn't do that. And we're like having a natural conversation. Me, Jim, Al, blah 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 blah. So, Cornette, you know, and Dennis is looking around. We're all no selling. So, uh, Jerry gets another one. And, you know, we, we, you know, act casual, act casual. You know, you know, we, Jerry just didn't do that, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, that, you know, goes for a little bit. And Dennis comes over the table. We're like, act casual, act casual, act casual. So, um, <laughs> Dennis comes over the table to say something about the show. And he wants to book him on another show coming up. And they're like, oh, okay, Dennis, well. And Dennis, who is a guy, he's like straight out of Sopranos. He could have been he, central casting. He could have been in the Sopranos. <laughs> hey, dude. You know, like I started working for him afterwards. Like, hey, dude, uh, good fucking match. Uh, sorry, I couldn't pay you that much, but uh, maybe next time, you know. Uh, all right, dude. I mean, you may, we'll, uh, we'll take you over to the side here. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about a couple, two, three things. We'll get everything squared up for you, Mini. I promise. I promise. Hey, Thank well, you for coming. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Hey, Mini, you want some iced tea? Uh, <laughs> anybody knows Dennis? Go get your fucking shine box. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I appreciate it. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck your mother. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dennis comes over to the table and he's doing the uh, you know, next show. I'll bring you in. Blah blah blah. And he goes to leave and he turns around and goes, "Hey, by the way, Jerry, you miss me? Miss me with every one of those fucking spitballs?" And the fucking table erupts. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, I, I've known Jim Cornette since that time. And then, like, I got into the business and, you know, I saw him on various shows that Dennis booked. And he's always been cool to me, always had a, a moment to give me advice. Here and, and then eventually, you know, uh, I was friends, always friends with his wife, Stacy. Mm. She was a part of a, a crew called Ca uh, California Creative Wrestling, which was like this kind of like alternative wrestling thing back in mm. the day you can find the videos online is it's it's pretty funny I, I i i know i'm going off the off into the weeds here but uh hey man i i like jim i like his wife stacy uh a lot of things you know jim says says is polarizing but a lot of things he says about wrestling in general aren't wrong but i think people have problems with the presentation yeah you know what i'm saying uh, yeah, um, you know, there's ways. I'm not saying Jim's wrong because, like, look, I'm all about shit talkers. I love a good shit talker. I love a good promo, 
And you'll never hear me mince words or say a mean word about Jim Cornette because he will fucking destroy me. You know, <laughs> I know Jim, Jim Cornette. I love you. I, I'm not shit talking you. No, no, no. Seriously, I do like Jim, and uh, <laughs> but I love Jim, uh, and I love Stacy. But you know, for whatever reason, you know, he's polarizing. But if he showed up on AEW, he's heat. You know, and, yeah. You know, he's heat, and you know. People will pay money to see him get his ass kicked, you know, you know. But uh, uh where was I going? <laughs> oh, before, I think uh, it's a gr- yeah. Before, before we go, I got to uh, open up my seltzer. It's a oh, you- it's a tradition. I got my uh, I I've, I've been putting it off, but it's my ugly uh, Doctor Ugly, which is based off of Doctor Pepper. They used to be a sponsor, but. They don't sponsor us anymore, but I huh. like them so much, I still buy it. So That's fantastic. Three, two, one. I'm going to Sam and it. boy. Go, birds. So. Crispy boy. Let's get into some questions here. It's a great uh, great segue into Ask Meanie. Ask me something. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the bottom here. I want to see how many you, I remember the last, last week's question you guys had in on Ronda Rousey's. Um, so it looks like Paul Stolzno. I hope I'm saying that right. I probably butchered it. I'm sorry, pal. <laughs> if you were booking WWE right now, which four guys do you push and center your storylines around? Um, well, I'm, I'm unapologetically a big fan of Drew McIntyre. Um, just because he looks like he's, chiseled out of fucking granite you know and he's got the look he looks like a superman villain you know you know lord zod or whatever that guy's name was you know just yeah <laughs> looks like a straight up fucking superman villain and even though he's kind general, of a baby general fan. zod yeah general zod okay thank you thank you thank you um right now hopefully they fucking throw some money at adam cole and make him stay because in my mind adam cole is the next Shawn michaels really and I know, yeah. he, I know he's being mentored by Sean, which is a big plus. And you don't want to let a guy who's big. Well, that's the whole thing with the NXT. You know, you, you put guys there to get a little bit of seasoning on them. And, you know, they're there in the WWE system. You don't want to let that guy get away. Right. When you've done everything to enhance him. And he's an amazing talent anyway. But this too, I mean, when you got Shawn Michaels in your ear, that's. Yeah. That, that's 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 a knowledge you can't just buy off a, a store shelf. That's an acquired, you know, knowledge. That that's like that's like literally touching lightning right there with that kind of knowledge. That yeah. is, that, he could be incredible. Because not only has Shawn Michaels done everything the right way, he's made a lot of mistakes. And uh, you know, when I talk to these young kids, you know, who at indie shows and they ask me for advice, I'll tell them the things I did wrong in a situation and tell them how I could have done it right. And yeah, Shawn, yeah. Shawn Michaels is a thousand times better than I ever was, and I'm sure he can. Yeah, I, I did one of the Funkin' Dojos up in uh, Stanford when I first went to WWE. They want me to get used to the WWE way, you know, mm. the, and the ring's bigger. It's have eighteen by eighteen. It's twenty by twenty. So I went up there with Dory Funk, Tom Pritchard, and uh, you know, Tom. I mean, Bruce was t- talking, uh, and Bruce Pritchard stopped in. You know, for a talk too, he we would do this drill with promos. But during the course of you know Bruce talking to us, he said, you know, Shawn Michaels is one of the best workers in this business. And if I told Shawn Michaels to go thirty minutes, he could nail it within like ten seconds. 
Whoa. Like, Shawn Michaels, I need you to go 27 minutes and 58 seconds. He can get you within that 10-second window. Wow. He, his, wow. his internal clock is that good. You know, wow. so, you know, he, he's one of the best. And, you know, when you got a guy like Ric Flair saying he's, you know, that Shawn Michaels is the best. That means yeah, that's. So, so you, know, you don't want Adam Cole to get away. Give him what you got to give him. You, may, you made a mistake by not noticing he was coming up soon. So and you don't want to make that Alistair Black mistake again with the contracts or that thirty day. And you don't want to do, make the Cesaro mistake. How many times did that? Right. How many times could that guy be world champion by now? It's that's one of the ones, man. And I know again, this is ask me, but I, that's one of the ones that I. The, I it's conversation. Get. It's conversation, man. It's conversation. I cannot understand why, on God's green earth, that Cesaro is not at least a universal champion at this point. Yeah. You know, like I, I have no idea why the guy's got everything, everything. And then you look at guys like Braun Strowman. They put the universal strap on him last year. Obviously, it was a fucking weird year. You needed something to fill the void. Um, uh, you know, I don't think I, I think it's unfair to judge anybody by anything they really did last year. Yeah. I know a lot of people have. And I, again, I've talked about this before, but like uh, I I have grown to appreciate a lot of the performance center and Thunderdome items and, and shows because of the fact that like, guys, we don't have anything to do right now. Like right. at least it's something sort of normal. I get it that it's weird and it's fucking, you know, behind closed doors and shit, but like, at least we have something right. Yeah. But I get to the point. My point being is with Braun Strowman, they did it like three years too late. Like, why are we waiting to put the fucking belt on this guy? Why yeah. did we wait so long? Same thing with Cesaro. Like, why are we waiting? I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I, I'll never get that. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, you know, now that everything's coming out about, you know, the uh, Thunderdome era and the COVID era, it just seemed like everything was just being overproduced. But then there's like being super overproduced where I don't like that match. Go out in there and film the match again. You know, and, yeah, and yeah, guys, and guys are getting injured and stuff like that, which, you know, you want to, you want to preserve the bump card, but you know, Cesaro, I mean, he's such a throwback. Just look at him; he, he's rugged. I mean, he's probably one of the strongest guys on it. He's deceptively strong. I mean, he looks like he works out, but he is deceptively strong. Those, those spots he used to do with John Cena, where he would, you know, Cena would be staying on the apron, Cesaro would be on the second rope and suplex him from the outside on the apron into the ring was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And then he would do that, yeah. you know, Cesaro spot where <laughs> my favorite swing. No, he would do the spot where he beat one up, beat up one guy, go out, hit him on the floor, run around, double stomp a guy on the floor and they go up to the top rope and do something off the top rope. You know, it's oh, that's amazing. And that spot was in Philly too. Which, oh, no uh, shit. Yeah. Mrs. Menia. When they're in town, I get Mrs. Meanie some tickets. She goes, but, um, and she said it was like the best thing she's ever seen at a wrestling show. She, awesome. just, just running around the corner, just dumple stopping, stomping a guy in the, in the gut, you know. <laughs> One thing that would have made it better if they dubbed in a little squeaky toy noise, like, you know. But, uh, yeah. So so, uh, so we have we have Drew. We have Adam Cole. We have, I guess we could put Cesaro on that list, right? Yeah. I'm, 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 to build it around? Yeah. Um, and then number four. I would have to pick... Oh my God! Almost superhero. What's her name? Nikki. Nikki Cross. Yeah, she. I. I'm a big fan. A lot of people might not be keen 
or on her gimmick right now. And I think the thing I think her gimmick right now is lacking is like any superhero character is a is a um, origin story. You yeah, know? some of the best superheroes have an origin story, and they could do something really cool with it. You know, they can modernize. They, I mean, because Vince loves the superhero gimmicks. He loves the fitness instructor gimmicks or whatever. They recycle those every now. But now, you know, you know, last one was Shane Helms, or I believe. Uh, yeah, now they I think got, you're right. Now they got Nikki. You know, you can merchandise the masks. You know, that you can make Halloween costumes. Also, make a comic book and have her Ooh, or, have, a, have an origin story. Uh, I mean, there, there's tons of great women wrestlers there right now, but. You know, uh, she's kind of been in the shadows, and it's time to put her out into the forefront. And I think they're doing that now with the, this title run. But uh, yeah, she's a hell of a worker. And uh, you know, I you know I would I, w- I would definitely, you know, if this was you know, you know, uh, back in the eighties when it was Hulk Hogan and Wendy Richter, she could be like the Wendy Richter of this this era. You know, <laughs> you got a. A number one guy in the the men's division, a number one, and number one woman in the women's division, and make that Nikki. That I uh, I have to agree. I know there's been some discussion about uh, the Nikki Ash character. I love it, and I always remind people when I talk to them, like, guys, this character isn't for us. It's for the kids. Do you know who loves Nikki Ash? My daughter. Yeah, and that's exactly who this character is for. Is my daughter, yeah. and she fucking loves it. So wrestling's a, wrestling should be a buffet. You know, yeah, there, there's going to be some th- items on the menu that you're not going to like, and that's fine. You don't have to like everything, but there Just will be things it. you like, you know, and, uh, you know, like you said, you know, uh, they're, 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 they're thinking about merchandise with that. You know, people hated the spinner belt, but you know why the spinner belt was around for so long? Kids bought the spinner belt. It's so like crazy. Yeah. That's why. They're not booking towards the hardcore fans. They're booking to the casual fans that, you know, are just channel surfing to go, oh, what's that? Let me check this out. Absolutely. Hold on one second. My, my light here is entirely too bright. I look like like powder. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Let's try to change this. There oh, that's mood lighting, baby. Yeah. All right. So um, Chris is asking, why did the blue meanie hate the blue boy character? And did he try to get the idea changed? I just I was so married to the name blue meanie. I wanted to kind of switch it up. I wanted, I was, you know, because I had lost all that weight and I didn't look to ca- like the character anymore. I was going to do a little evolution of the character, but I just hated the name. And for no, no, there's no good reason. I can't say, oh, I hate it before that. It's just, uh, you know, for that, for all those years, I was the Blue Meanie, you know, and when I wasn't doing ECW shows, I was doing independent shows as the Blue Meanie. And they created, confu- well, I said there was no reason and i'm giving you the fucking reason i'm, I'm a walking contradiction <laughs> folks but you know like you know if ecw didn't have a show that week and I, I i hopped on the indie show as the blue meanie so i'm on tv as the blue boy but as an indie show as the blue meanie it just created a lot of confusion you know so i wish they yep. would have kept the blue meanie name and uh you know changed up the look you know we have time for one more question josh from philadelphia asks what happened to the old host is there heat also whose beard is better josh or adam hashtag ash meaning oh man that's a fun and josh we appreciate your question sir yeah and thanks for being an avid fan and listener of mind of the meaning the only thing the only thing that has heat right now is 
this fucking room. I'm sweating like a motherfucker. <laughs> Josh is on assignment right now. Josh from Philadelphia. We thank you for your question, sir. Uh, Josh is on assignment. Um, and anyone's beard is better than mine. Uh, mine is patchy at points and it looks fucking terrible, but I keep it because my face is fat. So thank you for your question, sir. Um, no, Josh will be back in, I guess, three weeks. Uh, I will be here again to join you next week as your, uh, uh, stepdad, your stand in <laughs> tour guide with the blue mini. Yes. Uh, mini, would you like to, uh, give us your plugs for all of the exciting things you have coming up and, uh, and all your socials? Hey, man, uh, if you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to Blue Meanie, or no, go to ProSDs.com slash Blue Meanie uh, for all your Blue Meanie needs. you got a Blue Meanie, BWO t-shirts, uh, face masks, uh, BWO guitar picks. Um, if you want to support Mind of the Meanie, go to ProSDs.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Uh, also, if you want to... Um, Get a well wish from uh, the Blue Meanie. Uh, I have a new feature on Pro Wrestling Tees called Shoot. So I could shoot you a message. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Uh, go over to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. That is my boy Al Snow and Rod Hicks. Uh, I know Al is in the green room. He's been uh, waiting patiently. But sorry, Al, uh, couldn't get it to you this week. Maybe next week. Um I hope you're enjoying catering. I have I left some extra sweet chocolates and things in there for you this week, Al. Uh, I apologize. I promise I'm going to do my absolute best. I will give you my word, sir. I'll do my ex- absolute best to get you in here next week. It's it, there's just no excuse for us ignoring Al like that. But go to collarnelbrobrand.com and use promo code Meanie and save ten percent. If uh, you also want a well wish for me on Cameo, go to cameo.com/slash Blue Meanie and uh, you know. Uh, you know, Josh may not be here, but you can still support him. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash SoshaSurnoff and get, a, you know, one of my favorite T-shirts over at Josh's uh, store on ProWrestlingTees is uh, Sarcasm is My Superpower. And uh, <laughs> I wear that shirt out in public, and it gets the best reaction. People are, you know, dude, I need that shirt. So go. So <laughs> if you need that shirt, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash SoshaSurnoff. I have two. I have two things. I got a quick finishing. Uh, Slickter just joined us. I Slickter. I, I know I Slickter! sent you a message about the uh, the shirt idea that I had a couple days ago. Um, Meanie actually uh, uh, made it a little bit better. Take a stamp right on my forehead and just write "Not Josh" uh, on the photo that I sent. Uh, I think that would be a great <laughs> addition to the pro wrestling tees. Also, I think because this is a hip hop heavy show, um, is it possible to make a Beastie Boys shirt with the three of us on it, like a, a an edit of a Beastie Boys with you, me, and, and Josh on it? I think that would be pretty rad. Uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, and then James uh, hashtag Sorensen level uh, asked, uh, "Did you pop from the shout out this week on eighty three weeks uh, by Uncle Eric Eric Dude, Bischoff?" Uh, that was really cool. Uh, thank you to Eric Bischoff for the kind words. Uh, somebody had smartened me up that Eric had said something nice about me, but didn't say what. And they said it was like within the last twelve minutes of the show. So I went to the last twelve minutes, and they were talking about airbrush. I went, "Oh, he's going to sh- he's going to say something about my airbrush because I used to wear airbrush t shirts." He's like, "I hate airbrush." I was like, "Ooh, ooh." And what's he going to say? But then, like, they start talking about the NWO and uh, how many people start doing and like knock off NWOs. And he's like, oh, "I think the Blue Meanie was the first one to to do it." But you know, me, he's a good guy, and he says some really nice things about me. So. And uh, Conrad followed up with some nice comments. So I have to say thank you to Eric Bischoff. Thank you to Conrad Thompson. Uh, because 
It's a lot of time in this, lot, there's lots of time in this business where you kind of doubt yourself sometimes. Or sometimes you could be feeling great, and then one person says something to you on Twitter and just ruins your week. <laughs> so yeah, the fact yeah, that I, the fact that you know uh, I listened to that clip, yeah, I went to that day not expecting to hear Eric Bischoff, you know, the head of WCW and Conrad Thompson say nice words about me that day. Really made my day and made my week. So thank you very much to both of them. That's um that's amazing. And um, Eric and Conrad have both been on. Here's my turn for my cheap lugs. Uh, Foundation Radio is my podcast. Please go follow it. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Uh, Conrad has been on the show. Eric Bischoff. Uh, my most recent interview was with Diamond Dallas Page. Also, some guy named Josh who hosts a show with the Blue Meaning was on mm. at one point. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You'll have to look it up. I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. Um, I want to say it's like Smirnoff or something. Uh, so check it out. Um, you can follow me on my socials. It's at this is Goober across the board. Um, I rate or the podcast rather is FND Radio Pod on Twitter. Um, Mini, thank you so much, man, for letting me do this with you this week. Uh, this has been a uh, a temporary detour for the mind of the meeting, uh, starring your new guest host Adam Bernard. I am thrilled to be here, and I am absolutely looking forward to coming back next week. Hey, man, thank you for uh, filling in. Like I said, uh, Josh has been given some opportunities and i'm not one to take one away from him but we can give somebody else an opportunity to hop in here and uh do a little chit chat so thank you for coming on thank you for uh going through what you did to make this show as authentic you and josh worked really hard behind the scenes to make this show as authentic for our, our pod squad members who watch us live each and every week mm-hmm. uh, also go to uh, patreon.com slash mind of the meaning if you want to watch us do this show live as we record it, uh, hiccups and all. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you get all the fart. good shit in the background. I'm like, oh, technology. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, James, uh, one more question. I would, uh, Travis, thank you for saying the new Josh is very cool. And James, I would love to do an episode with the, the two of these guys sometime. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that would be pretty be fucking rad. Yeah, yeah be done. absolutely. All right, friends. Thank you for tuning in to the mind of the meanie, uh, for my, for blue meanie. Uh, I am Adam Bernard. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you again next week. Blue, 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 blue world order. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 